talking about honor, and I, I, I thought about doing that because we live in such a dishonorable time. It's amazing to me to see the hatred and the anger and the disrespect throughout our culture. Uh, you know, I was taught by parents to respect people, and uh, I was raised, I did, I did Boy Scouts and all that, you know, and, and, uh, and so it was, uh, you know, disrespect was something that we weren't able to do. We couldn't even, we couldn't even say shut up in our house, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and so uh, that was like cussing when I first said that one time. It was, I, I said that by accident one day, and my dad was reaching for the razor strap. Ronnie, a barber, gave him that. And, uh, and, and that was his tool of torture. And, uh, and, and I was, he said, what would you say? I said, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know. And um, so anyway, but disrespect is awful. And, and it comes from having no respect really for ourselves either. And, uh, you know, people don't respect authority. Uh, you know, you look at what's going on around our nation. I mean, the news, of course, they don't report it. You know, when a policeman goes and rescues somebody or when a neighbor helps somebody out or goes and cuts their grass or something. But you see on the news, you see all kinds of disrespect. We disrespect buildings. We disrespect leaders. Uh, you know, we disrespect our political leaders and, and like no other country. I mean, this is a country, you can't do what we do with our leaders and talk. We love our crooked politics and stuff, right? And I was talking to a guy, and, and he said, you know, uh, well, y'all have crooked politicians down here? I said, no, we love our crooked politicians down here. I mean, you know, but, um, but we, we talk about politics and our leaders in a way that in 99% of the other countries around the world, you will die or go to prison for saying what we say. But we disrespect them. And let me tell you something. We can disagree without attacking people. I, I miss a guy named Tip O'Neill. And you might be thinking, Tip O'Neill, man, he was opposing Reagan and all this kind of stuff. But Tip O'Neill said, Ronald Reagan and I will fight like cats and dogs from 8 to 5. At 5 o'clock, we're two Irishmen going for a beer. Now, I'm not recommending going to get a beer. But, but it wasn't personal. They could disagree and still respect each other. And that's what we're talking about. We, we've got a society that has lost the ability to disagree with each other and still honor or respect each other. You know, and, um, and, and so you might think, well, one particular leader is a racist. Well, do you know that guy? No, you don't. So how do you know he's a racist? You might think he's a great guy. Do you know him? No, you don't. So how do you know he's a great guy? We don't, but we're to respect and honor people, and especially those in leadership. Police are another one. We were, we were just at this uh, law enforcement seminar, and uh, one of the things that many of our police now train for around this country are ambushes. They train for what happens when they're ambushed on a call. Is that not crazy? That comes from disrespecting life and disrespecting the authority of the police. And, and people threaten their families. And uh, we had a situation here a while back. We had a policeman uh, shoot somebody in this area. And uh, they couldn't release his name because he would have been hunted down and, and uh, his life destroyed. And it was a good shoot. He, he shot somebody that was pointing a gun at him. And, uh, and, and so, you know, people, we just have this disrespect. I mean, school teachers, you know. I mean, when, look, when I was in school, if I got in trouble with a school teacher, I got a whipping when I got home. It wasn't, but, but daddy, but daddy. No, it's bend over and grab your ankles. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't matter. You know, I was automatically wrong. And, uh, you know, because we were taught to respect our school teachers. And now parents, 
today want to go fight the teacher if they get a detention, you know. I mean, uh, it's just crazy. And, and no wonder uh, the kids don't honor the teachers because the parents don't, right? I mean, we don't honor each other. I mean, look at the amount of carjackings and, and assaults and stuff on the streets. It used to. You're fairly safe on Bourbon Street. You know, we tell people that came to town, stay where crowds are if you're going, going right. That doesn't work anymore. And uh, because we've got these idiots that just start shooting anywhere. And, uh, and, and so there's just a, a genuine disrespect. Let me tell you, I said this last week, but God does not want his people, that's us, to live that way. He wants us to live lives where we respect each other and honor each other. So look at Romans 12.10. It says this, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So we're to be devoted to each other in brotherly love. Then he said this, honor one another. How, do, how are we devoted to each other in brotherly love? He said, honor one another above yourselves. So I'm to honor you up here. It doesn't mean you're better than me, but I'm going to treat you as if you were. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to, we honor each other. And so, so I got a definition for you where it says honor. Your first blank is, would be to give time to. How many of you know we honor people when we give them our time, when we give them our attention? How many of you, if you're a parent, you've ever been, had your kid look, talking to you and when they're little bitty and they'll grab your cheeks and turn you towards them and say, look at me, daddy. Look at me. You honor them when you give them your time. Uh, it means to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious. We treat each other as precious. You think that would change what's going on in our world today? You bet it would. Uh, or, to, or to give weight to it, to, to treat as weighty. That's not talking about this, guys. That's talking about we put importance on it. It carries the weight of, uh, it might carry the weight of law. It carries the weight of my honor or valuable. And so we're to treat everybody this way. And, and who do we treat that way? Maybe it's the mean neighbor. You know, I used to have two neighbors when I lived in Metairie, and uh, they got in a feud with each other. I was in between, and, uh, you know, and, and it was like we, we had to get that thing settled, you know, and, uh, and uh, so, you know, one neighbor, I cut his grass one summer, he had had a heart attack, and uh, he called the police because my dog was barking one time. He said, well, he said, I don't want you to be mad. I said, dude, I cut your grass all summer. I mean, you conveniently had a heart attack in July, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so uh, I'm cutting his grass. I said, I wouldn't have gotten mad. I'm kind of a little bit mad that you called the police, but I mean, you know, so we, we, we need to treat that mean neighbor with honor. Maybe the mean boss. How many of y'all got a mean boss? If they're sitting in this room, don't, don't raise your hand. Uh, some of y'all pointing at your wife, okay. Uh, you know, so all right, we got to, you know what, we've got to honor the opposites in politics. Maybe somebody doesn't have the same politics as you. They don't have the same beliefs. It might be even they have some different moral beliefs, but we're to honor each other. And, uh, and so write this down. You know, who, we, who, who are we, who do we honor, and, who, and how we honor. So we're going to look at that. So write, down, write this down. Honor others. Honor others. Just start off and catch everybody, right? Uh, Peter said this in, second, in 1 Peter 2.17. Treat what? Everyone. So underline that, circle it. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Man, that, that just covers it all. Okay, we're going to have the altar call on that? No. We're we treat everybody with dignity. Do you think, you think your families would be different if we did that? you think your extended family, our community would be different if we did that? Do you think this world would be different if, if we did that? Just treat everyone with dignity. Love your spiritual family. That's here. 
Remember, Jesus said, they'll know you're my followers by your love for each other. So within these walls, within this church family, we're to love each other. It means love, be patient, kind, you know, all those things. And then uh, he said, revere God or worship the Lord, honor the Lord, and then respect the government. And so God has put government here. He said, respect the government. There's not a lot of that going on right now. You hear people say, well, I just don't trust anything that, that they're doing up there. And I understand that, but we're to respect the government. Let me tell you, when Peter wrote this, the government he was under was not exactly nice. The, the emperor at the time was Nero. Nero used to kill Christians for fun. I mean, he was, he was the most wicked man, to most wicked Roman emperor ever. He would, he would kill Christians soak them in tar and put them on a pole and burn them and use them for street lights. That's what Nero did. He blamed the Christians. He burnt down half of Rome and he blamed the Christians for it, which allowed him to get away with killing them like he did. And that's who was the emperor when Peter wrote, respect the government. Let me tell you something. He's way worse than Joe Biden. I know some of y'all don't like Joe Biden. He's way worse than Donald Trump. Some of y'all don't like Trump. He's way worse than George Bush or Obama. We just go back. Everybody we blame for anything. Nero was way worse. He said, respect the government. We've got to bring that back into our culture. We've got to bring that back into our culture. To honor someone is to treat them with dignity and respect. You know, I don't like all this politics, but if Joe Biden were to walk in that front door, I'd sure greet him and shake his hand. I'd do the same with Obama. I'd do the same with President Bush. Or any of them. Why? Because they're the president of the country I live in. And, uh, and so we need to respect the government. Paul said it like this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. That would be a good one for us to live by, wouldn't it? Or vain conceit. But he said in humility. And humility here is the key to giving honor. In humility. Humility is not putting myself down. It's being so sure of myself that I can raise somebody up. It's being sure enough and secure enough in who I am and in in God and what he's done in my life that I can raise you up. In humility, consider others better than yourself. He didn't say they were better. He says, I'm going to consider you as better than myself. And uh, and so each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Too many people today say, oh, am I my brother's keeper? Well, you are, according to, uh, according to the scripture. And unlike too many people, we we... we, we too often act out of selfishness, uh, you know, and uh, or, or conceit. And humility here is we, we treat other people as if they're better than us. And, and humility is that key to being able to do that. Uh, you know, and so maybe, maybe somebody you know gets sick and they need your help. Uh, just like, you know, Steve was cutting Miss Jean's grass for a while. You know, I cut a neighbor's grass for, for a summer. And, uh, you know, and... and and maybe, maybe, maybe an elderly person needs some help around their house occasionally, you know. And, uh, and, or maybe a single mom just needs a day off without kids. And uh, if any single moms are watching, you get an hour off if you bring your kids to children's <laughs> church and you come in here. And, uh, and, and, and the single moms are all preaching, going, preach longer, preach longer, preach longer. But, but you know, I mean, whatever it is, we want to see those needs and we look out for the interest of others. Paul said it in Romans. He said, be kindly affectionate. You don't see a lot of affection on the news, do you? Be kindly affectionate with one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. 
So we're to honor people and give them preference. Treat them with brotherly love. I'm working on the moron thing. I think I only said it once driving around this week. Did I? I mean, trying to remember. And, um, of course, part of it, I was driving a tank. I was driving a Ford Expedition. They were staying away from me, you know. But um, So we, we give honor to each other. The second thing I want you to write down is honor authority. This one's a little bit tougher. None of us like to honor authority, do you? Americans don't like authority. I'm going to give you a test. How many of y'all speed? That's just a little bit. You know, I rolled through a stop sign one time, and a police officer pulled me over. I was 16. He's writing me the ticket. I said, sir, I'm in a, I'm in a non-synchromash transmission of a Volkswagen. You have to almost come to a snail's pace to get it in first gear. And I was in first gear. He said, son, that sign don't say slow down to a snail's pace. It says stop. And so we don't like authority, do we? Well, you know, we speed. Or How many of y'all liked wearing a mask, right, you know, for the last year? I mean, we were like, when we got to the airport, there's a big sign saying, you got to wear a mask. I said, oh, man, got to do this again. On the plane, the lady on, the lady on the plane said, if you don't wear your mask properly over your nose, it will get you a ride on Greyhound. I mean, you know, and, uh, and so, uh, you know. But we don't like our masks, do we? Or, or uh, how many of you like when your boss tells you to do something? You know, a lot of, a lot of jobs. We got, we got all, all these young guys at the jail and, and ladies that are working, and they get forced overtime. You need to pray for our deputies in the jail. They're, you know, and, and, but here's the thing. They're working 16 hours a day, four or five days a week because there's not enough people. So if you're looking for a job, a great job is at the jail. Uh, it's got good benefits, and it's got the good retirement. But here's the thing. Other industries do the same. I know some of the plants, people are having to work forced overtime. People are having to work forced overtime in the, in the um, in healthcare. We, we got off the plane last night, and half the airport's closed down. It's like 6.30. And it's just like, well, they don't have enough employees to stay open late enough. A lot of the restaurants, and we were kind of hungry. <laughs> so, you know, and so uh, uh, Kathy was going, man, I think this has been a bumpy ride. I want a beignet, you know, for a treat. Beignet place was closed. I'm going... Oh, man, you know, and, and so, but we've, you know, we've got to honor that, honor authority. We've got to, you know, people look at our, at our government. Our, I mean, our own government doesn't even honor itself sometimes. It's like we don't like this law, so we're just going to tell people don't enforce it, you know, and, uh, and, and so uh, we can't do that, you know. We, if you don't like a law, we've got to get a legislator to change the law, right? And, uh, and so you don't just not enforce it. And, uh, and so we've got to honor authority. Paul said this, everyone must submit to. That means to obey the governing authorities. We're going to willingly submit ourselves to the governing authorities. Uh, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now listen, I know somebody's going to text me or email, well, Peter said, are we going to obey God or man, you know, when he was told not to witness. There are some things that you're going to have to do that may disobey the government. The government must, may tell you as a Christian doctor that you've got to perform abortion, and that's against your belief system, so you would disobey at that time. The government uh, may tell you to do something uh, else like that, that, uh, you know, the wedding cake guy is, is one in court because make a cake for a homosexual couple is against his beliefs. And, uh, and so... There's going to be times, like if the government tells you you can't tell other people about Jesus, well, guess what? I'll go to jail for that. But, uh, but I will, you know, there's a consequence to pay. If, 
if you do that. And that's what Peter was saying. And so there, there's very few times that, that we have that. And, uh, and so uh, then he goes, and here's the flip side of that. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they may be, and they will be punished. You see, it doesn't matter if I like them or not uh, or agree with them or not. God put them there. You might not like the, the, the sheriff's office. You might not like the Kenner police, West Wigo police, Gretna police. God has put them there to keep law and order, and they're God's instruments. I might not like my parish council or my parish president or, or the governor of the state or whatever, but God this is the saying. God's put them there. If you rebel, you're going to be punished. And, and so it doesn't matter if we agree with them. And God's not even saying, I agree with this person. God's not saying, I approve of this person. I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him. The Roman Empire was a wicked empire, but you know how God used it? They made roads all over the world. They'd conquered all these countries, and they built roads. And guess what it made it easier to do? Spread the gospel when Jesus came. You see, because he used the Roman Empire. There was a, a, one time when Israel was, was just being crazy, and, and uh, God was going to use Cyrus to straighten them out. And, and uh, I think it was Cyrus that, that uh, allowed Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Wicked ruler, but yet he let Jerusalem get rebuilt. And so God will use whoever he puts in place for whatever he's doing. So we've got to understand that. We, we just got to, you know, God, let me tell you this. I, I like this. God didn't come uh, to save our world. He came to save us from our world. And so this world one day is going to end. And, and I believe we're in the last days. I believe the last days started in uh, 1948, probably when Israel was declared a nation. But we're in the last days. I don't know how much longer it's going to be. Jesus is coming back. And in the world, as we know, it's going to end. We're going to be raptured out as believers. And uh, I'm not saying it's coming next week or the week after or whatever. Everybody writes these books saying it's going to happen on July 14th, 1986. And then when it didn't, it was going to be another date. But, you know, uh, but he is going to come back. And, and so we've got to, you know, he didn't come to save this world. He came to save you and me. And he came to save us for eternity with him. And so we've got to understand that. And uh, so when we rebel against authority, we can bring curses on our lives. And, and that's what this, what, what this is saying here. So let's look at four kingdoms of, of authority that, that are in existence. Uh, number one, governmental authority. We talked about this a little bit. How many of you? I'm not going to ask you. I don't want you to raise your hands. We need to be praying for our government every day. We need to pray for our government. I, used, I prayed for every president we've ever had that, that, that since I've been a Christian. Because I want God to guide that president. You may not like uh, some of the policies that our current president has, but imagine if he just got sold out to Jesus. He might change his stance on abortion. Just never know. He might, some of those hot topics, you know, and, and, or, or our governor or our parish officials. Uh, Pastor Kathy tells inmates all the time, wouldn't you rather a deputy that loves Jesus arrest you than one that could care less about whether you live or die? You know, one that has no moral compass? Man, let me tell you something. Everything is better when they love Jesus. So I pray for them. And, and we need to be praying for them. Peter says this, for the Lord's sake, underline that, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. Whether the king is the head of state or the officials, that's the police that he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. So if we're not doing wrong, 
we're to be honored. You know, uh, I, I, I talk to deputies all the time, and, and, uh, and, and they, you know, people ride around with a guilty conscience. You'll see, what do, what do most of you do when a police car pulls up behind you? You slow down. Sometimes they're just trying to get past you. They're going on a call, you know, and they don't want to turn their lights on because then you really slow down. And you start to pull over, and, you, and then he speeds on by, and you go, ah, that guy was messing with me. No, he's just trying to get somewhere, you know. But, uh, but we ride around with that, that guilty conscience. They're going to punish me, and, uh, but if you're not doing wrong, you don't have to worry about it. This is what this is saying. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. You know when you're doing the right thing, and you're living right, and you're honoring God and honoring others? And people slander you, it just makes them look foolish. It's going to shut them up because they don't have a leg to stand on. And, uh, and he said, for you're free, yet you're God's slave, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone. So there it is. Honor everyone, respect everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and here it is again, respect the king. And so we've got to do that. So governmental authority. The next one is work and school authority. Work or school. If you're in school, man, those teachers and principals, you got to listen to them. You got to respect them. You got to give them honor. How, how do we give them honor? We, we pay attention to them in class. Same way with bosses or supervisors at work, you know. And does it mean we're to only honor a boss that's honorable? No. We're to give him honor anyway or respect. It doesn't mean like you, you know, bowing and worshiping, but you give honor. You give honor by doing your jobs well and and things like that. Uh, another one is, is family authority. Some of y'all were already pointing at your boss earlier. Family authority. Uh, you know, uh, parents are the authority in the home. But, you know, uh, we, we have family authority. Hold them up in value. Uh, spiritual authority. You know, um, pastors, small group leaders. Uh, you know, pastors, First Timothy says this, pastors who do their work should be well paid. I like that verse, actually. Uh, and, and should be highly appreciated. We're very highly appreciated here. And especially those who work hard in both preaching and teaching. <laughs> so spiritual authority. Number three, honor parents. It says, honor your father and mother. You might be thinking, well, mine aren't too honorable. Honor your father and mother. Remember hearing Joyce Myers talking about her, her dad raped her repeatedly for years. And uh, later in life, he'd never apologized to her, nothing, but God told her to take care of them in their old age. She built them a home, and then she paid for nursing home care for them. And uh, one day her dad asked her forgiveness, and he prayed to receive Christ, and he got baptized. And, uh, and she said, you know what? I wasn't paying for a nursing home. I wasn't paying for a house. I was paying for salvation. Because God told her to do that, and she was able to forgive. Now, that's, that's only possible with God, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we're to honor our father and mother. And she didn't disrespect them before that, but this first commandment with a promise. Paul said, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. How many of you want things to go well? So we honor our father and mother. I was taught to honor my, my mom and dad by my mom and dad. My dad told my brother and me, boys... You do wrong, going to get a whipping. You lie to me, I'm going to tear you up. You talk back to your mama, I'm going to beat you like man to man. And it's like, 
Ooh. So I disagreed respectfully with my mother sometimes, but never dishonored her. And, and I believe that's why I've got a lot of blessing in my life. My mom grew up. She was the last of about 15 or 20. We really don't know for sure. Uh, her dad had six, seven, or eight kids because she didn't know them all, so she wasn't sure about it. Uh, from his first wife, she died in childbirth. My mother's mother, she was the last of about seven or eight. and uh, No, second to last. She was a year old when her mother died giving birth to my other aunt. And, uh, and then we had a bunch of step, step uh, then she had a stepmother and uh, who put her out when she was a teenager when my grandfather died. And the only grandmother I knew from my mother was my step-grandmother. And we would go visit her on holidays and have her over to eat and stuff, Granny Pearl. And, and my mother never said a bad word about her, even though she put her and her aunt, my Aunt Frances out as teenagers. She said when, when she finally did tell me, she said, well, they didn't have welfare food stamps back there. She had five kids of her own or however many it was. And she had to take care of them. So we went and lived with older sisters and, and husbands. And she never, ever, she honored, honored her parents. She never said a bad word about her dad, even though she doesn't ever remember her dad saying, I love you to her. She said he, she's, he had so many kids, he didn't have a lot of time to spend with her. But he gave her a Bible when she graduated high school. I just found that out right before she died. And, uh, and, and you know, and so she always honored them. And I think that might be why she lived to be 99, because she grew up eating lard. And, uh, you know, my, my health-conscious cousin would say, Aunt Dot, why are you eating that? And she'd say, uh, she said, there's nothing at Chick-fil-A that you ought to be eating. She said, I love Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A shakes. I love Chick-fil-A fries. If you think you're going to live to 99, like me, so I probably won't. She said, then leave me alone about what I'm eating. And, uh, you know, and so it wasn't a good diet that got her to 99. It was the fact that she honored her parents because he says, things will go well for you and you'll live a long life here on earth. How many of you want to live a long life? We need to honor those above us. Another one uh, is we need to honor marriage. We need to honor the institution of marriage. It, it's sickening how, how cheapened it's gotten it's, uh, you know, in our society. It's just like you know, we've, we've lost this specialness. Marriage was created by God before the church, I want you to know. Before God ever instituted the church or any type of religion, he instituted marriage, Adam and Eve. And, uh, and so he instituted marriage, and, and it was created for one man and one woman. Wasn't created for two men, two women. Wasn't created for multiple women. Uh, you know, if you're a guy or whatever, it's for one man and one woman. And, uh, you know, and so that's, that's what it was created. You know, uh, people, you know, today... You know, it used to be you got married in a church. We got married in a church. And uh, people want to get married in fields and barns, and I get it. People want this setting. They're more worried about the Facebook film than they are about the fact that this is a sacred ceremony before God. And, uh, and it is. And, uh, you know, and so God honors marriage. He, he, he put marriage in place. And I think when we, when we cheapen it, we take our eyes off the fact that God is the one that did that. Anything besides being married uh, gives you an out, you know. I mean, you can easily leave a relationship that you're dating, right? Uh, but married, you put that ring on, and, and you make some commitments that become legal. And so uh, you can't just leave. I remember on a, on a death scene one time, this man and wife had been, had been living together for 30 years. 
Well, he died. The daughter had total control over everything. Everything they had was hers. The, the girl living with him for 30 years, that was her mother, got nothing. And the mother made her mad, and the deputies escorted the lady off the property. And we were able to kind of mediate some peace between them. But guys, marriage means something. Marriage means something. Paul, uh, Hebrews says this, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. So if you want to please God, honor marriage. Uh, remember, sex is for marriage, period. Period. It's not for sleeping around or doing whatever. It's for marriage. And so we're to honor marriage. Now, husbands, I got a word for you. We better honor our wife. Listen to this verse. In the same way, Peter said, Husbands, give honor to your wives. You can go ahead and elbow him, Stephanie. You can go ahead and elbow him. You know, I mean, you know, I see, I see the wives are all like, yeah, he's preaching now. You know, honor your wives, you know. And uh, he says, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Then he says this. I've heard a lot of guys want to profile on this one. She may be weaker. He's talking about physically. Most of the time, women are, are weaker physically than men. Some aren't, but most of the time. That's all he's talking about. He's not talking about weaker emotionally, mentally, or anything else. And he says, she may be weaker than you, but she is your, I want you to underline this phrase on your notes. She is your equal partner in God's new new life. She is your equal partner. Somehow in this western world we've got the idea that men are king and women are slaves. That's not the case. He said treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Some of y'all are not getting your prayers answered because you're not treating your wife right. Just saying. Just saying. Don't, hey, don't argue with me. Talk to Peter. I mean, you get to heaven, take that up with Peter. And uh, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Uh, you want your prayers answered? Honor your wife, okay? Honor your wife. Uh, so, number five, honor age. We live in a culture that doesn't honor age anymore. I, I mean, you know. Uh, you, you even see, I, I get, one of my pet peeves is these pastors that preach in skinny jeans, and they got a cool shirt on, they're trying to, and they're 50, 60 years old, and they're trying to look like they're 20. It don't work. You just look like an old man in skinny jeans. Some of us, our bodies were not made for skinny jeans, all right? And, uh, you know, I, I, I like watching pastors on TV that act like they're 50-something. You know, they dress appropriate or whatever. But, you know, I mean, we, we try, everybody's trying to look younger. You know, businesses at one time were getting rid of employees when they got older. And then they realized, hey, we're getting rid of incredible talent. We're getting rid of people with great ability and wisdom. And I was listening to a show on, or they had human resources people on talking about the trend is trying to get some of those people back now. Uh, you know, and, and so uh, we need to honor age. Look what Leviticus says, rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly. So, Larry, when you walk in the room, we're all supposed to stand. We're all supposed to stand up. Everybody's pointing at each other to see who's the oldest in here. We show respect for the elderly and revere your God. We, 
We saw a guy, some of y'all know this guy, Ramsey. We saw, he used to come to our church at another church, and, and he, was a, he was a correctional officer, and he's now working for TSA. And so if you see kind of a heavy guy, bald head and glasses, and say, you Ramsey? It would be him. And uh, so he knows us. He's, we're at the airport. Hey, Pastor Robert. Hey, Pastor Kathy. And he's carrying on a conversation while we're go, you know, going through. He said, I need you to lower your mask so I can see who you are. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> but, you know, um, I had a point with that. Oh, he, when I first met him, when I first met him, that's probably in my 50s, he goes, I really need you to pray for my dad. He's, he's getting elderly. He's, he's about to be 40 or something like that. And I said, I said, boy, don't make me drop. You're bigger than me, but I'm going to drop you like a bad habit. I mean, you know. And so when we went through TSA, he said, man, I, I still need y'all to pray for my dad. He's getting elderly. And it's just like, man, I look back. I said, you know, if I wouldn't like get SWAT team on me, I'd drop you right here. Job says this, wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. You know, people used to tell me, so when I tell stories about my dad, they say, so your dad always thought he was right? No, he actually was always right. I can't remember a time when we disagreed about something where I was actually ended up being right and he was wrong. Uh, he just had a lot of wisdom about him, and, uh, and he cared about me and my brother, and so uh, he never told us to do stuff that was wrong. But, but we've got to understand, uh, young people, if you're listening or, or uh, you know, your parents really do know more than you do, okay? And, uh, and so we need to listen. We need to listen. Wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, when people are teenagers, they think they know everything. But uh, you know what? We've got to respect those who are older than us. And uh, because they know more, we need to learn. You know, we were listening to a man share his testimony. And this guy's probably about 80-something, probably. And, man, his testimony was just powerful. We were listening to him, you know, talk and and just learning. I mean, he'd been a chaplain longer than I've been alive, probably. I mean, just learning some of his experiences. And, uh, and so you want to honor the age, which is very counterculture in our area. We want to honor nature. I mean, I was a Boy Scout. I was always taught when you go camping, you leave the area where you camped, like nobody can tell that you were ever there. God created nature. He placed value on it. And I think that means as Christians, we do the best we can to take care of it, not litter and, and all that that kind of stuff. That's one thing our scout master, I, our scout master and, and my senior patrol leader in scouts, we were riding home from school with him one time and a guy threw a Coke can out of the car. This dude went around the block, pulled back up, put his four ways on and made that dude get out and pick that Coke can up. And it would have been a beat down if he hadn't got out of the car. This guy went on, did 30 years in the military. But, uh, but you honor, uh, you know, nature. And uh, look what God said about it. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. So we're to govern the earth. He said, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry around the ground. We're to, we're to manage this earth. Now, don't worry, I'm not becoming a tree hugger, all right? Uh, but I believe we take care of things. And, uh, and, and so we're to manage and take care of that. And finally... This is the most obvious. We're to honor God. We're to honor God. We we'll honor God with our lives, and uh, and so um, we want to we want to do that. Man, I'm I'm preaching too long. So how do we honor God? How do we honor God? Write these down real quick. We honor God by putting Him first. We honor God by putting Him first. 
It says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Uh, you know, we honor God when we come to church on Sunday. It's the first day of the week. You come here and, and you're honoring God. Uh, the first fruits of all your crops. That's why we talk about tithing. We talk about giving your tithes and offerings. A tithe is where God has said, give me back what I, a tenth of what I've given you, the first tenth. So it's the first 10% of my time, my talent, my treasure. And so he says, give that back. He said, and, and he said, when you don't, you're robbing God. And so we give our tithe. It's the first fruits of all your crops. So we're putting God first in our finances instead of energy uh, or Winn-Dixie or Apple or wherever. Proverbs 3, 9 in the message says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and best. Give him the first and best of your time, your energy, your talent. It means you give God your best part of your day. Uh, you know, that's why I guess why well, it's better to do your devotions in the mornings, you know, because you're fresh and, uh, and all. And so we want to give him the first and best of our talent, our finances, and all that. I mean, the first thing when we used to write checks, Kathy and I would do is we wrote, we wrote that tithe check out, which makes it easier to tithe because once that one's gone, then, you're not, then you look at your bills. If you do the bills first, you'll never tithe. You just won't. And, uh, and so you, you take care of God's part first. We honor also with our words. Write this down, with our words. You can't be a person of honor and curse people. You just can't. Uh, you can't be a person of honor and judge people. Look what James says. He says, with the tongue we praise the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. It goes back to what I said last week when I was going moron and God saying, that's my moron, you know. He said, how can we curse people who have been made in God's likeness? Out of the same mouth comes praises and curses. My brothers, this should not be. And so we, we can either honor or kill people with our words. So we're to honor people with our words. Paul gives instruction. He says this, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths world would be a little bit better. I mean, CNN would have to hire all new people. So would Fox and MSNBC and all of them if they just went by that because there's nothing wholesome coming out of anybody, it doesn't seem like. He said, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. We want to, our words should always be given life to people that it might benefit those who listen. And he said, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So when we don't build people up, when we do allow unwholesome work to come out of our words to come out of our mouths, we are grieving the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We also, number three, we honor by protecting them. If something's of value, you protect it, right? You know, uh, there's a story I read about Babe Ruth. I, I'm a, I grew up a baseball fan. And uh, Babe Ruth, you know, was a great, he's the greatest home run hitter of all time. Uh, I know Henry Aaron, well, Henry Aaron's probably the greatest because he was still in that kind of era. Those guys didn't work out and do steroids and everything. The guy that broke Henry Aaron's record pumped steroids like crazy. He was a tall, skinny guy when he came into the major leagues, and then he all of a sudden looked like a linebacker when he started hitting home runs. Why? Because that's where the money was. But Babe Ruth, they had... He, he had seven autographed bats that Babe Ruth signed, seven bats uh, that were worth a lot of money. And they never could find the seventh one. And, uh, and finally it showed up. And what happened was, 
when Babe Ruth became older, he had a nurse that took care of her. Her name was Marcia. And, uh, and so she would take care of Babe Ruth, and he gave her one of his autographed bats. She went home and put it under her bed. And, uh, and so uh, she had always wanted to open a restaurant, and after he died, uh, about 17 years later, she said, well, you know, I'm going to see if this bat's worth anything. And so she took it to a collector who said, people, the world's been looking for this. And, and so they took it to an auction, and she sold that bat for $1.7 million. She took the money and opened the restaurant and then donated the rest to a charity that Babe Ruth had liked when he was older. And here, here's what she said. The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Don't you remember the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. So I want to close with this question. Whose name's on your life? Whose name's on you? See, we're valuable because we belong to Jesus. We're valuable because we belong to Jesus. And I believe if we'll honor God, then he'll honor us in return. He'll put his name on our life. He'll honor us as we honor him. And let me tell you, when God puts his name on you, you have value and you realize you have value like never before. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.